good man. What shoes have you found there? Comics Archaeology. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we continue our celebration of the Guardians of the Galaxy and their origins here all month during our Comics Archaeology series. We are going to, today, delve into Marvel Preview and what in the world Marvel Preview is since our origin of Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon came out of this particular series. And Marvel Preview is a black and white comics magazine published for 14 issues and affiliated with the Marvel Comics group. The earlier issues had that Curtis imprint there. And the final issue actually carried the imprint of Marvel Magazine's group. It's an umbrella title, an anthology series. So it showcased different heroic adventures, science fiction, sort of sorcery characters, and virtually every issue. And the title introduced characters such as Dominic Fortune in issue two, Star Lord, of course, in issue four, we recovered. Today, we'll be covering Rocket Raccoon in issue number seven. And of course, the vigilante character, The Punisher was introduced as an antagonist in the comic book The Amazing Spider-Man and had his first solo story in issue number two. Now, the magazine experienced scheduling difficulties with various next issue announcements that were made, and it really, from publication history, became unreliable. It was kind of catch-as-catch-can, and it would eventually come out and be published, but you really couldn't count on it happening monthly, and even at times it was questionable whether they would make their quarter deadlines. But what would happen here is there would be a series of adventures with Marvel superheroes. So you had Thor in issue number three, and that was supposedly scheduled for that, but a Blade story appeared in its place. And so a lot of the advance announcements didn't fulfill until perhaps later issues. That Thor story wouldn't come into play until issue number 10. And there were also two different issues. Issues number 20 and 24 are both dated winter 1980 <laughs> at the start and end of that year. So it's kind of a bit confusing. It can be uh, to the readers. And issue number 20 was to have included photographs from the Japanese Spider-Man television program. And oh, by the way, that is chronicled in great detail over on Disney+. Plus. There is a wonderful documentary in that Marvel section, and I would highly encourage you, if you are in indeed a Spider-Man, to check out Japanese Spider-Man. And Howard Jenkins, uh, Dominic Fortune, would end up actually taking the place of that promised photographs from the Spider-Man television program. Now, Robert Heinlein's uh, lawyers threatened legal action over the cover of Marvel Preview number 11, this is most notable, which featured a blurb that described Star-Lord content as a novel-length science fiction spectacular in the tradition of Robert A. Heinlein. Yes, that Heinlein that would bring you Starship Troopers and the like. And that issue ended up being pulled and reprinted. So there was just all sorts of interesting things that would happen with this Marvel preview series and of note with issue number 25 and that was from March of 1981 the title was changed to Bizarre Adventures 
uh, which ran for an additional 10 issues before ceasing publication. Now, to offset the dark tone of most of the stories, editor Denny O'Neill at the time had writer Steve Skeetis produce a humor feature called Bucky Bazaar to close out each issue. A story originally prepared for Marvel's Logan's Run comic book series was published in Bizarre Adventures number 28 in 1981. That final issue, number 34, was a standard size color comic book featuring the cover blurb Special Hate the Holidays issue with an anthology Christmas-related stories, including one starring, of course, Howard the Duck. So this is quite the history here behind Marvel Preview in this series. And it's very interesting that two very central characters to the Guardians of the Galaxy would actually be birthed out of this series. Now, when we turn our attention to Marvel Preview, Volume 1, Issue Number 7, that issue has a release date of July 1976 with a cover date of June 1976. So as you can see, they were running a bit late, which goes to show you how much this series was maligned with scheduling issues. Now, this would be a part two of a story which started in Marvel Preview, Volume 1, Issue Number 4. So there's actually linkage here between the issue that Star-Lord premiered in and then, now, this issue, the Rocket Raccoon, would premiere in. And in that first story, we are chronicling the sword in the star, stave one, alas, the seeds of man. In the middle of a battle in the Haman galaxy, the Ithacons stood by their dying king as many of their men had been slaughtered by the Black Fleet. As this king died, he ordered his sword to be given to his son, Prince Wayfinder. And that'll be our central character here in this series and with meeting Rocket Raccoon. Now, Delphos, a man referred to as a wizard, predicted that Wayfinder would never become king. Now, Wayfinder refused to believe this prediction and refused to follow his father's order to return to battle. Delphos took the prince into battle as the Black Fleet cut down more of the Ithacons. Now, the Ithacons were decimated, except for Wayfinder and Delphos, who survived. Now, these two fled into the burning trees until they reached Delphos's sanctum, where he explained that all of his magic was actually science from 15,000 years prior. Now, Delphos told the prince to sit down in a chair, where the latter learned of the history of how humans settled on different planets and forgot about each other. Then, Delphos explained that he was chosen to be a Methuselah and live for roughly 10,000 years. Delphos showed Wayfinder a robot named Alkinus, who would pilot them away from the Hammond fleet into space, as the scientists then bled out. And that was Delphos. So Delphos ends up passing away here. And that's where we pick up our next story. When we have the sword in the star, stave two, which world, where we will meet Rocket Raccoon. Continuation and the last chapter. Unfortunately, this is incomplete because, again, you had these Marvel 
preview being just so riddled with scheduling issues and also popularity too for some of these stories and i think it was due to lack of exposure and the ability not to produce on time to build up these things that were coming and for readers then to get disappointed when they wouldn't show up so here we have this last installment sadly which is only the second chapter of it where prince wayfinder comes to a mysterious planet known as Witch World. It's a strange planet that appears as a big forest, and his intent here also is to bury the wizard here who had bled out in our previous issue. He would try to do right by Delphos and would ask, actually, there's a pretty humorous exchange here in the story between himself and the robot named Alkinus, uh, as far as a eulogy is concerned, or something to say. So, But Prince Wayfinder takes care of that, and they see to a proper remembrance here and burial for Delphos. Now, when he arrives on the planet, he meets Rocket Raccoon, and Rocket Raccoon immediately engages him with a lot of quippy dialogue and actually comes out of a tree where he has hollowed out a little bit of a home for himself and immediately he is taken aback prince wayfinder is the fact that oh my gosh this raccoon's actually talking to me and he just assumed him to be a raccoon but maybe looking a little weird having some clothes on and but then he starts to see a weapon is like oh my gosh what's going on here and what's funny about rocket raccoon here is that he's referred to as rocky and he has a lot of British sayings, colloquialisms that come flying out of his mouth. You can really tell that they were developing the character. And many will say that his real premiere, his canon premiere, wouldn't happen into the Incredible Hulk issue number 271. But there is no mistaking that this is indeed the seeds here, the start of Rocket Raccoon. He looks like Rocket Raccoon. Maybe he doesn't talk like Rocket Raccoon, but he does have a blaster there. He is futuristic. You can tell that he would be a guardian of the galaxy as this story, The Sword and the Star, Stave 2 Witch World, is very much a sword and planet, a space opera, a really healthy blending of science fiction and fantasy, and really most enjoyable. And when we're looking at the conclusion here, it's really not much of a conclusion to the story. It's one that actually leaves you on a cliffhanger, and you're expecting this to be a series that's going to continue on. So Rocket Raccoon and the Wayfinder are by a monstrous tree. But this monstrous tree all of a sudden turns into a being called a Plegosaur, and the Plegosaur immediately lashes out at Prince Wayfinder. Prince Wayfinder, utilizing his sword, ends up defeating the Plegosaur. And upon defeat of the Plegosaur, you have this mystical being called Kirke appears, this witch, hence the witch world in the title. Now, many will say... That is this a connection, if you will, you know, Kirke to Circe or Ceres of Earth myth, and maybe perhaps like the Avengers Circe? Hmm, it's good conjecture. And you can see where you could draw some linkage here 
But again, I think it's a little more conjecturous where we are pretty sure about the origins here of Rocket Raccoon and this being the beginning of that character. And in the end, when we are looking at this series, you can tell that the publisher was really hoping to keep this series going. This is the second installment of the Sword in the Star, and maybe the last. Only your letters, and mostly your support, can bring it back for a third try. It's up to you, pilgrims. And that's what we're left with at the end of this story. I am really impressed with the quality of the art here. The presentation here for a black and white is spectacular. Bill Mantlow is actually our writer here for the story and just does an incredible job with that. I was really, really taken with the quality of this story. It's very epic. It has some of the best aspects of science fiction to go along with the fantasy adventure part of it. Rocket Raccoon is definitely whip smart with his quips, his little insults, his almost condescending uh, responses back to uh, Prince Wayfinder. And from that standpoint, that's pretty pretty on point as far as the Rocket Raccoon character is concerned. And this, I would argue, it is indeed a, a genuine first installment here of Rocket Raccoon, but I think would be finally fully realized by the time he would be in the pages of Incredible Hulk number 271. So for those who are interested in something that could have been I would highly recommend you to check out the Sword in the Star. Try to go back, find that story in the Marvel Preview, issue number four, and then take in the second installment here in Marvel Preview, issue number seven. Even though it's an incomplete story, it is really gripping, and the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Our next profile will be of the high evolutionary. Please join us. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl, fell in love. That girl died, but then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but... That is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. Ah! 
searching for a family until we found each other. Are you ready for one last ride? fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky. Whoever it was that you were in love with, it sounds more like her. Her? That's Do not bring me into this. <laughs> Knock it off! What? I never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, he picked a pretty set.